You're listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson. Welcome to the Good News Project podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. I want to lead off this week by saying that I have so few problems in my world. I am extremely blessed. I have a wonderful wife. I would say that my marriage has never been stronger. I have two kids that are as normal as anyone carrying my genetic code can possibly be. I have a job that I like. I I work with great people. My bosses are incredibly relaxed people who place trust in their staff and let them do their job with a minimal amount of oversight. I love my church. I love my small group. I love my house. I love my neighborhood. I love my PS5. I love the Ninja Fryer that my wife bought. I love my new semi-obsessive hobby in which I spend way too much of my free time scouting estate sales online to try to find deals on toys, trading cards, board games, really anything that I could then sell on eBay. Just last Thursday, I spent my lunch driving down the road in Rosenberg, and I found a 1961 Topps Roger Maris baseball card, which had already been graded by PSA. I got it for $75, which is usually why I buy something, because I can think I can turn a profit on it. But in this case, it kind of felt like I was going to be touching history. I feel like I will be gazing into Mr. Maris's blue eyes for quite a while. I love the ESPN Plus Hulu Disney Plus Triple Play streaming service we bought. Everything I could ever want to watch for $13.99 a month. You just can't beat that value. No, I am not a paid endorser. Literally everything I could possibly care about from a critical needs point of view is a positive right about now. And yet, the smallest inconvenience will sometimes still set me off. A week and a half ago, the Saturday before Easter, while I was preparing for my high school soccer team's next playoff game, my wife and my sons went to a friend's river house for a crawfish boil. My eight-year-old son went riding on a raft behind a boat with a teenager who's a friend of the family. Five days later, we got a phone call from the young man's mom that he and half of his high school baseball team had tested positive for COVID. Both of my sons were already at school on this day. Now, my wife, being the honest woman that she is and being a nurse, she did the right thing and called the school nurse to tell her what happened. And well, the elementary school went to DEFCON 2 and escorted my sons out of the building. Neither child was sick. Trust me, they were running around the house high on Easter chocolate and screaming a lot. So based on the school district policy, my boys got quarantined and, well, the Jackson Family Academy for Wayward Boys was born on April 8, 2021. Now cue me having a momentary lapse of narcissism. Rather than asking my wife how can I help, how can I help figure out homeschool, so that we could both still perform our work duties, my immediate response was to play Captain Hindsight and advise her on how she should have handled the situation. You know, you should have just had the boys tested before you called the school. They aren't sick. 
The second the words came out of my mouth, I knew I was a jackass. And sure enough, I angered my wife. I can hate the stupid school policy all I want. I can hate that we are still dealing with COVID, even in perfectly healthy children. But I lacked patience and spoke with a vinegary tongue rather than being calm and looking for the lemonade solution out of these lemons. Now, it turns out that one of my sons did end up testing positive, despite the fact that he showed zero symptoms. So both he and his brother have been staying at home for 10 plus days. It also meant that I had to call and tell his soccer club coaches that we would be out and they would have to tell all the parents that a player had tested positive. It was a minor kerfuffle. Now, a situation that sucked for everyone. My kids do not do well in online school. My wife would have to work from home because I had AP exams and SATs that I had to administer. But it still could have been handled so much better by me if I could just find the patience to do so. Colossians 3.12 says to clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And compassion and kindness doesn't seem so hard. And most people don't mind listening to others, and it really doesn't take much effort to be nice to other people. Humility? I've got great people in my life to check my ego. Gentleness? Well, frankly, I've always been a lover and not a fighter. But patience? Man, I just do not have enough of it. For example, how many of you listening like ramen noodles? I eat ramen noodles like a madman when I was single and living in an apartment. And well, I still love ramen noodles 20 years later. But I'm guessing I eat them much differently than you. I microwave my ramen noodles for 90 seconds rather than boiling the water because I never have the patience to wait on the pot to boil. There was even an occasion when my microwave was on the fritz, so I ate my ramen noodles dry like they were a Snickers bar. Okay, maybe that's just being lazy or crazy or gross, but to me it was just a lack of patience. When I worked as a waiter at the Black Eyed Pea in my teenage years, One of the first things they trained you on was that you needed to acknowledge the table you were waiting on in the first two minutes that they sat down. The next time you're at a restaurant, just sit down and time it. You'll be stunned by two things. Number one, I'm 99% certain someone will talk to you in two minutes. And number two, after about 45 seconds, if the waiter hasn't acknowledged you, you will start to feel awkward. We are wired for immediacy. So last Friday, I did end up staying home with my sons for the day to give my wife some relief from virtual school and let her enjoy a much-deserved day off with her friends. When I went to go help my son with his virtual school, I discovered that there was tons of work that he was supposed to be completing all week long that had virtually gone untouched. The virtual school platform at the elementary level at my son's school is it's just not good. The teachers aren't really trained on how to use it, and it was just so disorganized. It made perfect sense that my son and my wife would have missed a lot of the work during the week. So when I finally downloaded and printed all the work that my son had to complete in one day's time, well, let's just say he didn't take it well. He freaked out. He started screaming and crying, and and I don't entirely blame him. He was not being taught anything by a teacher for more than a week. And I think to some extent he felt like he was behind or lost, even though he wasn't really. I did the best I could to encourage him to get started on the work. I wanted to just get it done and get it over with. 
so that we could chill and also so my other son didn't end up sitting on the couch watching TV all day. I failed at that, by the way. Caleb watched probably five hours of Bluey last Friday. Well, after about 10 minutes of a fit about doing schoolwork for my son, I was out of ideas. I didn't want to threaten with punishment and have my son associate schoolwork with something negative, but I just couldn't wait any longer on him to get started on the work. So I caved. I told my son if he would just complete all of his work without complaining, I would take him to GameStop to get a PS5 game that he had been talking about for quite some time. Look, that's terrible parenting on my part, but I just didn't have the patience to deal with any more screaming about something that I could not fix. The work needed to get done. Patience at home is critical, and patience in the workplace equally so. I have a fantastic job right now. I teach classes I like with largely engaged students. My boss is great, and I have a short commute. And yet, I still look on the high school coaching websites for open soccer jobs. I don't have the patience to wait for a head coaching position at my current school, and so I've looked and even applied one or two, and I might even interview in the near future. And I know it feels wrong, and yet I can't help myself. I'm willing to gamble a really good situation for something that is completely unknown. The reason why most casinos don't close is, number one, the math is always in their favor, and number two, people do not have the patience and the discipline to quit gambling when they are finally ahead on the house. In the book of James, he describes the need of us all to be patient like Job. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. The point is, the things that are most important to you are worth the wait. It's why it's probably not a good idea to go out and marry a woman after just a few dates. Maybe you don't have a child six months into your marriage while you and your spouse are still working out the kinks of a new living situation. I really want to get in the habit of practicing what I am preaching, and I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to say a quick prayer for us all. Would you pray with me? Grant me patience, Lord, as I await your answers to my call. Your timing is always perfect, never too early and never too late. Help me to remember that you always hold the future and that it is definitely worth the wait. Help me to be fulfilled and satisfied in the moment and not looking for more than is on my plate. Help me to trust your sense of timing rather than my own. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, for something to watch this week, my wife and I sat down and watched a really good documentary called The Last Blockbuster. It's on Netflix, and it tells the story of one of the last blockbuster videos on the planet. You probably remember what a lucrative industry that the video rental business was back in the day. I remember the 1980s. It was a treat at my house if we actually got to go to Video Joe's. That was the name of the movie store where I grew up. And you actually rented the entire VHS machine. 
I had really no clue about movies as a 10-year-old, but man, I remember renting some doozies. I think the first movie I remember renting were one of the creep show movies, which were these semi-harmless, likely made for teenagers, gross little horror shorts. Our kids will never know the joy of running into a completely stocked blockbuster video. But The Last Blockbuster is a great nostalgic trip into another era and a great story about financial perseverance as well. It would have been easy for the owners of the store to quit a long time ago, but something inside them gave them the patience to hold on, even to this day. As always, appreciate you listening. If there's anything I could be praying for for you, hit me up on Twitter at mj for sports or email me goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on the Good News Project Podcast. Tell me something good. You've been listening to the Good News Project Podcast with Matt Jackson. To reach out to Matt with feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests, email goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Tell me that you like.